You're listening to the Motherhood in the Making podcast. Raising kids is hands down the messiest journey you'll ever take. I'm your host, Liba Lurie. I'm a psychologist, a mom of four, and I'm here to guide you through with your relationships and your sanity intact. Yesterday, my daughter got a hamster. It all happened really fast. I don't even know what my policies are on on these pets, but that's for another time. Needless to say, (laughs) what's done is done. And she has herself a new hamster. And I didn't take her. I got, I was off the hook. And my husband tells me that when they went to the pet store, you know, he was just saying how the process of choosing this hamster, she saw this really sweet gray hamster, but the pet store um, employee informed her that unfortunately this sweet little hamster has a litter. And so we can't separate her from the uh, the babies, uh, unless you want her to like be biting and scratching you. Plus, you know, it's not our policy. We don't, you know, we don't separate the babies from the mom. And I thought, wow, it's so intuitive to some schmendrick <laughs> pet store employee. You know, I'm picturing some like zit-faced 18-year-old. It's so... Um, obvious that you don't separate the mother from the baby that a baby needs its mother it's ingrained in us biologically morally that it's not not only is it not nice but the infants will die the infants need their mother and i thought that was so powerful how it's so obvious that you would easily grab grab a male hamster out of the cage but you wouldn't grab the female so quickly and so this leads me to the conversation of going back to school. Uh, we are at the end of a very long summer. Praise the good Lord. <laughs> you never think it's going to come. But here we are nine weeks later. And we are getting ready to go back to school. Really, I'm getting ready to just boot my kids out of the door. <laughs> like, hey, bye. Love you. Bye. I'm sure many of you feel the same way. You just get want to get rid of your kids. You love them. You're not. A, you don't want to abandon them. But I need. I need some. I need some order. I need some predictability. I need a schedule. I need space for myself. Like a good chunk of time. I need it for myself. I am desperate. Some of you might think, for space for myself, for my own thoughts, for my own uh, needs, wishes, wants, and desires. And so we're just like counting down the days, counting down the days until we send our kids back. And what inevitably may happen is that when, you know, we get to the night before school and it hits us, yo, we are sending our kids back to school. And not only do our kids start to get a little bit anxious, they have lots of questions. They don't know what to expect. They're transitioning. So are we. And we forget oftentimes that we are separating from our kids as much as our kids are separating from us. It always takes me by surprise how much I miss my kids when they're gone. And it's sad. The feeling of missing my kids is so sad, I I don't wanna think about it. But as we prepare for the new school year, I think it's important that we start to shift our thinking, using our imaginations to think about the new school year. our kids are starting a new school year 
here in Israel uh, this year, the Jewish holidays fall out through the work week, the school week. So there are very few school days. So there's going to be a lot of starting and stopping, which is so unsettling, you know, on the, on the, on the shoulders of a global pandemic. It's very unsettling. And these are things that I want to keep in mind. I also want to push it away. I don't want to think about that. And I'm acknowledging that. I'm acknowledging the impulse to ignore it because it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable for me. Thinking about transitions, separation is not comfortable for me as an individual. Not because there's anything wrong with me, but because for me as an individual, as Liba, who was once small and is now big, separation is not comfortable for me. And that's important to acknowledge. It's important to acknowledge what it feels like for me to say goodbye. What do goodbyes feel like for me? Because we know that our children look into our worlds to understand how their worlds work. They turn to us to mirror back to them, validate, confirm for them their reality. Ideally, the message that I want to convey to my kids is the following. This is scary. It's uncomfortable, but it's also okay. And that we want to make space to hold both. So I want to share a few tips to help you with this transition. And when I say help you, I mean help your kids. Because if, you, you know, if you've been with me for a while or you're just new to my voice, then you know, or you are going to know now that our children's experience is very much shaped by ours. Our moods, our states of mind, the way that we relate impacts our children directly because like that, those little hamster pups, they are dependent on us. And they're not just dependent on us for food and safety, but they're dependent on us psychologically to understand and make sense of themselves in this world. And that gives them a sense of safety, which is paramount to the human mind. So a few tips. Uh, I like to start to imagine what the day is going to look like so that I can invite my kids into this imagining. So I'm going to think about now with you, I've got a spectrum of kids, new beginnings, lots of different stuff happening. If you have older kids, I mean, my attention really goes to my younger ones, but it's no different for the older ones. I have my oldest is going into high school. Uh, that's a pretty big deal, right? I have another daughter going into seventh grade at a, at, a, at a school that she knows, but I don't want to underestimate that she is still transitioning into a new school year, that there's the, an end to the summer and a new school year coming. And then I have little kids one daughter is going into the fourth grade. She's going into a higher division in the school. And then my son is going into second grade. Now, keep in mind, of course, that last year was a bit of a bust and it uh, wasn't much of a year. And we don't know what this year will bring either. Newsflash, we never know what the year will bring, but it feels particularly present in our awareness, this reality that we don't have control. And it can be scary. And so we keep this in mind and start to imagine what is the school you're going to bring and then I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, wait, what is it going to be like? Uh, what, what do they do all day? What, what does separation look like when I take my kids to their kindergarten class? When I take my daughter up to the bus to catch to school or my, my son and daughter when I drop them off at of school? What's that going to look like? And we want to start to imagine what it's going to look like. And if I don't know, ask. Ask for clarity. So I will ask my older daughter, for example, who can self-reflect, she's 14, and I can say, what do you want to need? 
<laughs> how are you mad? I don't even know what the first day is going to look like. So a bus is going to come get you. We drive you up to the you know, center of our town and the bus grabs you there. Do you, I, I guess you don't want me to wait with you, right? And she'll be like, no, I don't need you to wait with me. And I'm just going to confirm that. I know she doesn't want, I pretty much, I mean, I would have guessed that, right? But we're having this conversation so that our expectations can be clear, not of just one another, but of the day of what's going to happen. So she, in her own mind, can know and be confirmed that she is going to be driven up and dropped off and left there. And that's not a surprise for her. That's not new for her. Uh, and we can talk about it. We can talk about that first day. For the younger kids, which I think is relevant for a lot of women listening, it's a little bit harder because their ability to separate between reality and fantasy hasn't quite developed yet. And so we want to give them a really clear idea of what's gonna happen and start talking about what's gonna happen. If you don't know the answer, which I don't, I call the teacher here in Israel, it's the Ganenet, um, and I call her, I send her a message and I ask, what is the routine for the day? I don't know how to say that in English anymore. What's the schedule for the day? I'd like to know what it is. What does drop-off look like in your, in your preschool? How do you negotiate drop-off? What is your philosophy around drop-off? Because I know what's very uncomfortable for a lot of moms who struggle with the separation is that they are worried about what the Ganenet is thinking or what the preschool teacher is going to do. And so it's a great idea, in my opinion, to, and I've always found this very soothing to speak to the teacher and let her know about my kid and say, look, this might be your policy. This is my policy. This is how we say goodbye or negotiate it or ask her for her advice. If you have a, if you have a relation, trusting relationship with her, you may want to ask her for her, her advice. But the idea is that we are moving out of our minds, our brains and our imagination into reality so that when we are in the moment, we feel comfortable here. We take this opportunity to think about and imagine and role play in our minds what the day is going to look like so that we can encounter any of the discomfort that's going to come up in the calm, not in the chaos. So that when I get to the door, wherever I am, with whatever, whoever I'm with, whatever their age, I feel confident in the separation, that I know, feel okay, I feel comfortable with, these, with the discomfort. It doesn't mean that we don't feel uncomfortable saying goodbye. It's always sad to say goodbye. And maybe it's your kid's first day of being in a kindergarten class or being in a preschool class. This might be your kid's first time. And so it's nerve wracking for me as a mom. I worry about how it is for them. So we want to start entertaining this experience now so that we can be prepared for the discomfort. Not so that we don't feel the discomfort, this discomfort is there. And what's more is that our kids will feel uncomfortable too, and that we'll be able to make space for it. It won't scare us. We won't have to push it away or run or fight. We'll be able to make space and say, yeah, this is, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this part either. I don't like this part either. But here's what I do know, is that as soon as we say goodbye, we'll be able to settle in and get used to the separation. So first day of school comes, another tip that I always take to heart is to clear your day. We have this urge to get busy. One, because we haven't had this free time for a very long time. And also because we may be uncomfortable. If I'm busy doing things, then I don't need to feel the discomfort of the first day or this transition, the separation. So I recommend that you clear your schedule as much as possible. And 
make space for yourself. This is a day to just be with yourself again. Maybe you want to make a, a play date with a friend. I don't know what you want, but this is a time to clear your schedule so that you can get what you want. You have put your wants and your needs aside all summer. And today's a day to really make space for yourself. Not only because you deserve it, but also because you may have, you know, stuff may be coming up for you. And this is an opportunity just for you to have literally time and space to be with it, to be with it. And whatever comes up for you, whether it's in your preparation, in your imaginings, as you think about what's the first week going to look like, or the day itself, making space for what comes up for you, giving yourself permission to just know, I'm not comfortable with this. I, you know, turns out I might think to myself, I actually don't like separation. I am able to express this because I am I have become comfortable with this part of myself. When we are uncomfortable separation, inevitably, we have had to adapt. And one way to adapt is to tell ourselves we're okay. And that really works for me. It really worked for me to say to myself, I'm okay, when I wasn't. But it doesn't work for me now. It doesn't work for me now because one, it's, it's not a reflection of reality. So I'm actually have to deny a part of myself. And, I, and, and this part of myself doesn't get what it, what it wants and needs, which is to be seen and validated, to be comforted, to be satisfied, connection. I don't get that connection that I need. And what's more is that I can't give it to my kids. If I'm not comfortable with my own experience around separation, I can't really be there for my kids, not because I'm bad or I'm wrong or I'm not good enough, but because that's the facts of life. That is reality. If I'm distracted by my own big emotions, and they are threatening to me, then how much more so my children's experience of separation is going to trigger me. Like, no, but no, I'm trying not to feel that. I don't wanna know how uncomfortable I am. So don't tell me how comfortable you are. Don't show me how uncomfortable you are because that it just makes me scared. I don't know what to do with this part of myself. And so it's so important that we just name it and let ourselves know. You can ask yourself this question now, what has my experience of separation been? Have I been left? Have I been not only left in a certain place, which I have, like, yeah, I have um, sort of left behind or left to deal with my own emotions by myself in a previous podcast about, um, I think it's titled um, Parenting Isn't a Prison and Why You Shouldn't Leave Your Kids. Uh, I talk about this experience of being left that a parent can be in the room with their kids and the kid can still feel abandoned. So it's really important to reflect on my own experience of separation, loss, goodbyes, endings, and make space for what comes up for me because it's normal, it's natural, and it's okay. And it needs to be seen. And turns out that the opportunity as a child to be seen is over, another ending, another loss, that's over. No one's gonna do it for me. I gotta do it for myself. If I struggle to do it for myself, well, then it's appropriate to reach out for support, either from a friend, a partner, a professional like myself, where in our work, that is, that is a very big part of the work is reconnecting with parts of myself that I'm not comfortable seeing. That's how Liba helps me and challenges me and uh, facilitates change and repair and healing by helping me see these parts of myself, know about them and be with them. 
so that I can be there, not only more comfortable in myself, but be there for my kids, like on the first day of school and the second day of school and the third day of school. Very often, parents will say, the first day was fine, the second day was fine, but now it's the third day. Now it's the third day. Now my kid knows what's going to happen, and now they're feeling it. The first day was sort of like a fun outing, and the second day was a redo, and now it's the third day, and they realize, oh, this is it. It's over. That time together as a family is over, and that can be really sad. Endings are sad, and it's a good time to grieve that we talk about the time that we had together and how fun it was and talk about what it is, what it's like now and, and identify, you know, the yearnings and the longings for time together and come and offer comfort. I can't wait for the weekend when we get to hang out again, that's going to happen. And every weekend. So just helping our kids understand what's going on, making sense of it for them, making meaning of it and organizing it in their minds so that it's just not happening to them, but that, it is happening and they are an active participant and they have you by their side to support them, letting them know this is what's gonna happen, preparing them. Oh yeah, mom told me about this. Mom told me this was gonna happen. I know what's happening here and I can handle this. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but I know that I can handle this. Mom showed me how, cause she handles her feelings so well. So I know that I can handle my own. When it comes to saying goodbye, I remember my son, my fourth child, three girls and a boy. So this is my little prince. And I remember saying goodbye to him the first year that he went to preschool. And I remember saying goodbye to him and really wrestling with this separation because I could feel his sadness so strongly in myself. So I took some time to take my own advice and make space for it and to feel it, sit with it, connect with it, to see it, to feel safe with it, to satisfy the needs that I have that are connected with this feeling of separation. And I remember confidently taking him to school, knowing that it was gonna be hard to say goodbye for him and for me, but understanding that it was my job and my responsibility to let him know that that's okay, it's hard, I don't like saying goodbye either. It's sad and I'll see you soon. And I remember being in the preschool with him and like many parents sitting with him, but I would spend the time not just sitting with him, but I would spend the time holding him and comforting him in this moment where he is very strongly feeling the anticipation of loss, which is much harder sometimes than the loss itself. It's like, I've never bungee jumped because (laughs) you know, why would I, but (laughs) my husband has, and I'm like, why, why would you do that? You know, I was like, I don't know. I was in New Zealand and (laughs) I'm male. Um, (laughs) But um, I think, how did you jump? How did you jump? It's the anticipation of falling that is much scarier than the fall itself. It's like, I, I say often, I use the analogy with my clients of waxing our upper lip. It's, that moment before you pull, pull off the strap or strip, excuse me, that, you know, that is so uncomfortable. My daughter, when I, when I wax her eyebrows, she winces <laughs> so strongly because, you know, it's that moment that is so uncomfortable. And then, you know, you, you jump, you leap, 
you say goodbye and that it's not so bad. It's not as bad as you were, you anticipated because the anticipation, you're still in your imagination. Anything is possible. You don't feel as much in control. But once we say goodbye, our child is on their own and they realize I can handle this. And they start to develop their capacity to handle it. And so when I bring my son to preschool and I do this now, I do this even as they're older, depending on what their needs are. It may look differently, but it's the same idea. I take them, I'm aware of my own, what's coming up for me. I pause, right? I'm in the pause and I am paying attention to what's coming up for me. I have taken time in the calm, not the chaos, to connect with these parts of myself. And literally I imagine making space in my body for these parts of me. Sometimes it feels very heavy. Sometimes it feels light. Whatever it feels like to me, I'm holding it. And I can then much more easily connect with what's happening for my kid in the moment and simply watch them and observe them. And maybe I ask them, and maybe I just use my intuition with younger kids, especially to give them what they need to read their body language. And my instinct tells me that maybe they need to be close. Maybe they need to be held. Always checking in with myself and making sure that this is about them and not me, that I'm not, I'm not using them as a comfort, but I'm there to comfort them and I'm holding them. And I'm saying to myself in my mind, this is gonna be okay, we're gonna get through this. I'm gonna be okay, he's gonna be okay, and we're gonna jump. And I give him a big hug when the time comes and I let him know, I'm gonna give you a big hug and we're gonna say goodbye. And he may or may not be ready. And there may be some pressure from staff members, which as I mentioned earlier on is important to discuss with them. Don't take for granted that they are there they don't know your kid like you know your kid. You know what your kid needs. Trust your intuition. Your child needs you to trust your intuition and your instinct. And you may need to communicate a boundary to the teacher. And better yet, if you can do it ahead of time, remember I suggested having that conversation and negotiating what it's going to look like. Now, sooner or later, you're going to have to say goodbye. I don't like it as much as you don't like it. But sooner or later, we're going to have to say goodbye. And this is what we want to prepare ourselves for, that moment where we need to jump. So you can pay attention to what comes up for you when you imagine taking that jump, that discomfort. We generally want to avoid it. We want to run away from it. We want to pretend it's not there. We want to fight against it, but it is there. And it's important to see it, to acknowledge it, to make space for it, and to offer ourselves comfort that it's going to be okay. We can handle this and then say goodbye and practice. <laughs> Practice, 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 practice for you, practice for your kid. It takes time. All beginnings are hard. That's just the fact of this world. Oh, I feel emotional thinking about it. All beginnings are hard. They're difficult. And I make space for that feeling. I don't want to pretend it's not there. I'm making space for that as I, as I feel those emotions come up for me. I'm feeling it. Yeah, I don't like, I don't. I don't, beginnings are what happen, what happens after an ending. In order to begin again, something has to end. That is the cycle of life. And it's not always easy, especially if you have experienced loss, abandonment, neglect. It will be especially hard for you to say goodbye because you are experiencing your own pains and injuries around loss and longings. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We suspend our judgment. We pay attention. We make space for it. We make space for it in our imaginations. 
we start to think about what it'll feel like. And we prepare ourselves by clearing our schedules, by speaking for the teach to the teachers. We anticipate our own needs. We think about and anticipate our own needs. What am I gonna need on that day? And we think about what our kids are going to might need. We can ask them if they're old enough and can communicate to us. We, you know your own kids. If you're not sure, you can experiment with it. Hey, what do you think about school starting? That's gonna be weird, right? We've been together all summer and now we're gonna be apart. That's gonna be weird. Discussing it, naming it, especially in the moment, saying explicitly to your kids, this is really hard and giving a big hug and saying goodbye. They're really little and they're, it's their first time going back. You can spend some time with them, offering them comfort. I'm here to comfort you. And what I'm comforting you in is the anticipation of loss. It's going to be hard. I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to stay strong. And I use air quotes when I say, say, stay strong. I don't mean reverting back to pretending it's not there, but this is the healthy adaptation that I was speaking about earlier where we have adapted to think that we're okay even when we're not, this in some ways is a healthy adaptation when used properly. This is a time where we can be strong when we need to be, not because we have to be, but because there's a need here and we can step up to the call as a mother and say, I'm gonna hold space for both of us. I, I got this, I got this for the two of us. I love you, I'll see you soon, bye, and we leave. And then we go to our car and we cry <laughs> because it's so hard. It's so hard to feel your feelings, make space for them and make space for your kids. It's big, it can be very, very big. That's okay. Have me in your mind saying, this is okay. This is part of being human. Even though I've never had anybody let me know this, turns out it, it is part of being human. And so I can take Leva's voice and offer that to myself so that I can offer that message to my kids. That's another episode of the Motherhood in the Making podcast. I'm your host, Lipa Lurie. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to learn more about me and what I do, come on over to my website at www.libalurie.com. That's L-I-B-A-L-U-R-I-E.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.